And we're back. Judge Butts, episode 92, the Liam Ogren Faryastad episode. As always, your host, folks, see it. Joined with my good buddy, Mr. Adstead of Hoppy Hoppy. How we feeling? Good. You seem like you're in shambles right now. I live in shambles. I'm always in shambles. I am a shamble. I am multiple okay. shambles. Compared um, to your standard way of living, you seem like you're in shambles. There we go. So you're saying I look great. Thank you. Um, I feel great. Feeling awesome. Um, in shambles. Yeah, nothing to do with physical appearance. It's just you're kind of like bouncing all over the place. I think a screw fell out of my chair while I was on the phone during work today. Because it's like I heard something drop. And then it like it now it's making more noise. And it, yeah, there's definitely a screw. Me and my chair have a screw loose. Um so I'm like all I like it's really annoying right now and I'm just noticing it. You should definitely won't run with that for the title for the episode. Yeah, it's fine. Um oh yep, there's screw. Uh, I'm not gonna get it right now. Uh how are you doing? How are, are do you have a screw loose? Or are you in shambles? Like what's going on with you? Anything anything good? I mean this chair is insane. Screw I am no losing my mind. I'm losing my mind right now with this fucking chair. <laughs> That's what the people are here for. Mm. Which, uh, no, no pressure. Uh, Katie Dinison tuning into this pod over running to the wild YouTube page to watch the new Beyond Our Ice. This better be good. Yeah, it won't be. So that's fine. Um, <laughs> Had bad life choices. <laughs> thank you, though, Katie. Um, <laughs> what a week! What a week! Hockey's happening. More yes. weird stories. Um, around the NHL, not a whole lot of prospect talk for Minnesota just because a good amount of them are either the Christmas break, uh, KHL just came back, um, and a bunch of them are off to the World Juniors. Um, but we'll touch on a couple guys. But where should we start? I mean, let's start with the beginning of this week where if I told you that we had Phil Gustafson playing against the Pittsburgh Penguins and Marc-Andre Fleury playing the night after against the Boston Bruins and that we split those two games. How much of your personal wealth would you have invested in the Bruins being the game that we would have lost and the Penguins being the win? Oh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I absolutely hammered Minnesota every way possible last night. I knew the Bruins were going to lose because I don't believe in them anymore. Um, fun fact about me. Uh, I, what I would have said is I didn't expect um, on the Gustafson starting against Pittsburgh over Flurry thing. Um, I know like pretty much anything that ever happens, pretty much people are going to have a full diaper over. I didn't expect the entire hockey Twitter universe to like collectively lose their minds. Like, I was like scrolling. There was like one of the days I was actually scrolling through Twitter and okay. people were like, this is a fucking disgrace. What a piece of shit organization. Disrespect. Like, <laughs> like the disrespect. And then like in my head, I was thinking I'm like 90% sure he's always said he doesn't really like playing against Pittsburgh. But then I saw he was a little bit disappointed, but he was still smiling. Um, yeah, there you go. So I, the thing that was that was most 
like surprising or shocking is just how upset everybody was. That wasn't like, again, I'm not used to really a whole lot of reactions about the Minnesota wild outside of Minnesota at this point. And, and every, whenever there is anything like any kind of reaction, it's always just miserable. <laughs> like this sucks, dude. Um, I, 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 don't hang know. On to you. I think the perfect comparison for it though, is the news of late where thank God it got overturned where they were trying to make the War Road High School hockey team change their mascot from the Warriors with their awesome logo that is very much supported by the indigenous in the area. Like most of the team and community are like Native Americans and it's a bunch of people who have nothing to do with it. A bunch of white people who want to get upset for them that were trying to mandate a change. And it's kind of the same thing here with flurry where it's just a bunch of people who like why the hell do you care at all about what's going on let's all get riled up when flurry's like yeah i'm, I'm okay yeah like literally flurry was like he texted that dude from the athletic rob rossi he's like hey man because <laughs> marco rossi scored the other day or whatever and he was like haha i said Rob Rossi, haha. <laughs> like, <laughs> see, the, the text is so fucking funny. It's like, meanwhile, this is Flower reacting to anything. Um, I it was just weird, dude. Like, I it was like it was like beyond strange. Like how like it was like a personal slight to like yeah. fucking Columbus Blue Jackets fans. Not, I don't actually think any <laughs> Columbus fans are chiming in. They're busy being miserable about their own hockey team. My yeah, God, they right. are so bad, but they kicked the shit out of the Sabres last night. Jesus. Yeah, um, I don't know. That was just one thing that I was just like, what is going on? Like, why do people, why are like the weirdest thing to get up in arms about? But it was pretty cool, though, that fans were immediately like the second a goal was scored on Gustafson chanting for Flurry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, the way that he played the next night in Boston, I don't think they wanted him to come in. Because, um, my God, was he unbelievable last night. Or, well, sorry, what day is it? Wednesday. So, my God, was he good um, three days ago. ago. A few nights ago. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Because uh, he's coming out Friday. Fun uh, but that fucking penalty. First of all, great comeback. Score three. The fucking penalty. I can't. Your boy, Christopher, has done this so many times. Part of me says that's really fucking annoying. Other part of me said, you know what? It works. Good for you. But it drives me nuts every fucking time. No, which is reasonable. Which is the right thing. Like, I uh, feel like that's where everyone both, should probably lay down. Both things can be true. It can be annoying as hell but it can also be really smart for him to do. And I was actually surprised, like kind of out of character. I mean, not out of character recently for Russo to go and lash out against fans that are in his comments, because I would, if I was him, Jesus Christ. But he, like someone asked, like, I don't know, he keeps getting away with it. Why wouldn't he do it? And Russo's response was integrity question mark, being able to look self in the mirror for playing game fairly question mark. And I'm just like, no, I, I wholeheartedly disagree when we're sitting here in a league that has players that admit that the only way to be good at faceoffs is to cheat as much as you can without getting caught. 
Mm -hmm. Do you have any problem with Chris Letang doing it besides, yeah, it's absolutely annoying as an opposing fan? Yeah, that's it. It's the whole thing. It's just fucking annoying. And again, I don't really have, I can't be up in arms about it and only be angry about it when um, I am from the city of Boston, Massachusetts, who employ Bradley Marshawn, who like does that shit that he murders people, gets away with it quite often, and then scores somehow because they end up on a power play where he takes someone's head off. So I can't really, I don't really have a, that much will like stand on in that front. But yeah, it's fucking annoying. My thing is, if you're a referee, you know that's how, like with how often yeah. you know it's coming. And like the thing was, clearly Kaprizov wasn't even looking. Like that's the thing that always drives me. Like he had no idea he was even fucking there. Yeah. And like I don't think like look thinking I don't have the video in front of me, but like when I, I remember watching it like seven times, being like, I don't it was are his hands in an unnatural position? Like is like yeah. is he a little bit higher? No. So like my whole thing is how like of all the things that the refs know, and we know that they have a book on like most of the guys that they've ref them enough, like they know the same shit that they're gonna do. How do you not see that? Like I or how do you how do you let it surprise? Like, oh yeah, no, that's definitely a penalty on Kaprizov first standing there and yeah. getting his hand run into. But it is what it is. Good for Latang for pulling it off for so long, getting away with it. And I think it I makes mean, it more impressive. It. Yeah. It's way more impressive um, that he's done it for that long. Uh, I want to yeah. ask you, though, the other one that had people up in arms, which like I'll be the first to say, I think it's a pretty ticky-tacky call. I wouldn't have called it, but the penalty on Hartman, where he, of course, drew the four-minuter, like, I don't think it should be a penalty, but I can at least watch it and be like, okay, I can at least see where if the ref is trying to get a call, I guess by the book that could be argued as interference, but it is still a wild sequence to have that be what came of it. I, that was shocking. Like I obviously like that one, you have to like work hard to make that a penalty also on Hartman. Like you really have to do some mental gymnastics. I, I mean, thought, they reviewed like, for he, a while. <laughs> he quite literally was just like moving. <laughs> he was just like, he didn't do anything. And like, when he does some stupid shit like that, it's he does not he's not sneaky. Like he is not a sneaky guy. Like that one with Marshawn, which was very funny because they definitely went to the box and they were like, "Hey, a big fan of your work, bro." It's like, "Yeah, man, you, too, you too, yeah, matching tooth, nice." It's like, cool. And they were like, "Cool, have a good one." <laughs> like, big fan of your work. Um, I I tweeted at the time. I was like, "Am I losing my fucking mind? How is Hartman in the box right now? <laughs> what did he do?" Um, I mean, but I mean, that's kind of just how it is with referees. And listen, I would be a dog shit referee. So as much like, listen, I don't, Brian Burke always has, cause he used to run the refs when he was back that he was like, we have the best referees. In the world. I don't agree with that, but there's no fucking chance. I could be a good ref. It's just like, sometimes I'm like, usually I'm like, that's really annoying. That's a bad call, but like, whatever that one, I was like, what the fuck are we even talking about right now? Like, it takes a lot for me, like, I can't even possibly see how, like, the fact that, like you said, they looked at it. And they're like, yeah, no, definitely a fucking penalty. I was like, are you nuts? Yeah. That's what fun. it is, though. That's fine. Um, and, like, <laughs> we, I would be remiss. Sidney Crosby is just fucking unbelievable. I, in case anyone was wondering. If, and, oh. if you weren't, 
he might have a future in this league. Unbiased. This, if if he this fucking guy is insane. If they make the playoffs, how is he not winning the heart? I'd be a big fan if he did it because you know they threw some money at that one preseason. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what was it? Seventy to one. <laughs> yeah, seventy-five to one or something. So dumb. <laughs> um, he just. Every year, I, I guess I'm not even like expecting him to slow down at this point. But it's just wildly impressive that no matter what the situation is, that motherfucker balls out every single year. And we are at the point where that tweet started going around a couple of years ago. It's like, is Sidney Crosby somehow the most underrated player in NHL history? Just because, like, he does the handful of very flashy plays. But he's kind of just like, yeah, I'm going to go at about a 1.5 point per game clip my entire fucking career um, and never slow down. And everyone's like, yeah, it's like he's so good. People are kind of like, yeah, just do this thing. What do you mean? He's the same guy. He's just nasty forever. One of the best players of all time. Um, he's fucked. What's he got? 18 now? Jesus Christ. Like his motherfucker is insane. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's crazy, too, that he's probably got uh, again assuming good health because he is one head hit away from probably never skating again, but how close we were to that being a thing. Oh, that, do, do I know how close we were to that being a thing? Yeah. I, I lost quite a bit of sleep over that, but <laughs> he, if he stays healthy this year, he is going to be in the top 10 all time NHL points club. And he's still going to have another three or four years easy if he wants to. And again, avoids being hit in the head. So that means probably shouldn't play any game that Truba or Wilson are a part of. <laughs> Just sit that one out. Um, never made more than 10 million a year, by the way. It's crazy. Um uh, yeah, he's we, we just... can, we can uh, thank his superstitions and OCD for that. Yeah, I know, right? Everyone's it's, like, oh, he, he's such a good guy, took a deal like no, that guy wouldn't be able to function if his contract was no, point seven mil. <laughs> he's actually no, it's not him being a guy. It's him. He's just a fucking psychopath. Actually, <laughs> he is mentally unstable, or it's just like too stable. Actually, the same exact thing. He's just stable as fuck, dude. <laughs> entire life, every day is the exact same. The guy sees in black and white. The other one sees everything is does the same shit, same exact steps. Yeah. Um, he's insane, but oh. what, I mean, that game looked like it was going to get real bad, real fast. So again, depleted lineup and now they're even more depleted, but like just, yes, they still lost in regulation, but I mean, I impressive that they got, that they even got to a point where it was a game. Cause it was looking bad, like horrible. Um, but good for them. Yeah. And Cole brings up here on the topic of Crosby with the head injuries, how about Nolan Patrick retiring from head injuries? Um, Is he retired? Which, uh, nope. Mateo and uh, Gun Toten Granny both chime in here that he didn't, which is a bizarre story because it came out initially. Cole, this is not new. Like the initial release was that he retired, and then it just popped up a couple hours ago, I think, from uh, Elliot Friedman. Like reached out to him for comment. He politely declined, but did say he wanted to make sure that I was aware that. He has not officially retired. He just wants to kind of fly under the radar for a little bit and see if he can make it back. It's so, okay. it's just so fucking sad, dude. He was yeah. unfucking believable. Like, people forget that, like, it's sick. 
it was very much like he could go first overall. Like, and then, you know, all of this shit happens with these head injuries and he's missed so much time. You're like, oh, wow, look at the Flyers really missed on that. I was like, no, they didn't really act like you can't. That doesn't count as a fucking miss. And he did have like a season and a half before he really went down the like went down with those injuries where he was playing very good for the Flyers. Like that year that they were in the playoffs and like made a little run like he was he was very, very good. Um, and it's just like, dude, these are the head injuries. It just sucks because like. I think who are they like when he was with was it last year with Vegas? But he I think McKinnon fucking hit him in the head, like away from the puck. And I was like, bro, like, what are you doing? Um, but it sucks, dude. Was he 22 years old? Is that what we said? Uh, no, no, he's gonna be old now, yeah. Yeah, it might be way, like just yeah. fucking brutal. Sad, regardless. Yeah, it's it's not good, but it sucks, dude. Hopefully, hey, maybe hopefully at some point he works his way back in probably not going to count on it and honestly for his sake like i kind of hope he doesn't because again he comes back and takes another hit to the head now yeah. you're talking like life altering damage well beyond hockey I'd rather yeah. yeah i'd rather not have him go that route personally right. but his life do what you got to do um gotta ask here z because we I, I don't know uh aiden reek comes in is Johansson finally waking up 30 games later? What's your thought here? Big goal. Finally, what was it, 25 games without a goal? And he finally popped one last night against the Bruins, right? Uh, the other night against the Bruins. Um, it's, it's just weird because, like, again, I said this, I think it was last week. Every game he does make, like, enough good plays. I, I it's not necessarily as playing all that poorly. It's just like clearly the confidence disappeared after he goes a certain amount of games without scoring, stops shooting, looking to pass mm -hmm. everything, but like still making some good passes. will make a good defensive player. They're good at transition. Like the little plays that just do not end up on the score sheet. Like it's been there the whole time, but you know, those only could take you so far if there's no real like tangible results on the back end of it. But like, hopefully this is just, gonna you know get some momentum going for him especially now that they've got was it zuccarello on injured reserve now not yeah. just day to day so that sucks not day to day not week to week and definitely not going on ir we have not reached ir <laughs> it's just yeah kind of ridiculous uh, for me though man with johansson it's not that he's doing nothing it's that the reason he's here hasn't been realized mm -hmm. right he is here right. because he can skate and move better than anyone on this team. It opens up space. It's great for like actually getting into the offensive zone. And he hasn't been that guy. Like maybe a couple of spot moments here and there, but he, right. he really hasn't been that guy. And that guy was a difference maker on that second line last year. He's just vanished. Right. And that's the thing. Like, that's what I was saying. It's yes. He makes the odd play here and there. That's like, a good play but it doesn't really amount to like anything on the score sheet and again like you said when the whole reason they brought him back and it was like hey this is like kind of like a sneaky like almost offseason pickup kind of just because he came at the deadline last year and they resigned him but uh was like for bowling and it was like when they were to play together it was not going well for either one of them um so i mean yeah hopefully this will be a bit of a spark. It was a great, great goal for him. 
Um, of course, back in Boston. I, I That was the one fucking bet I didn't make. I should have made that fucking prop bet um, that he was going to score. Because, again, I there was no chance the Bruins were winning that fucking hockey game. Um, and I had a feeling Johansson would fucking tuck. Then, again, I think I tweeted about, like, 18 of the 25 games. JoJo, goal tonight. Book it. <laughs> Finally. Eventually, when I didn't say it, it happened. <laughs> so if I just say – if I never say his name, it will be – He'll just keep scoring every time I don't say it. So biggie Smalls, Biggie Smalls, Biggie Smalls. Um, that being said, it, he, his name is JoJo, not um, Mojo. Anyways. Um, fair. Fair. Now, yeah. on the flip side, though, do we do we talk here? We got a couple commenting in. Kirill is so back. He was. Kirill oh. deaf back. Uh, wh- where do we stand on Kirill Kaprizov? I, yeah, I'm, that was specifically the third I think it was the third period of Boston. Oh my God. He was in demon mode. Like to the point where even when they, when Marshawn scored it tied up, it was like, Oh, Caprizov's going to win. Like it's whether it's in regulation or, or overtime, he's, Oh, it, it gets, you could guarantee it was Caprizov that was going to, that was going to call game. Like he was a fucking animal. And sometimes it almost just feels like, when he's in his slums, like honestly, just start fucking shooting. Because like when he just gets the puck and rips it, it feels like whether it goes in or not, it just kind of gets in his groove. So like I, the more he shoots, I'm telling you, it's just it's this weird thing where it's like even if it's like missing the net, it almost is still if he at least can just get a shot off. It's like there's a noticeable difference in his play. Like he does have like an extra step, but like especially again, another guy that. If he can, if Kirill is so back with uh, Zuccarello out, they're desperately going to need every ounce of like good hockey from him. Um, so again, hopefully, yeah, hopefully he can sustain some success here. Like, but yeah, no, that third period, Bruins specifically, he was insane. It was terrifying. What do you think though about the first line of him, Boldy, and Ack? It's weird. Him and Eck just have never been like a great combination. They tried to make it work for like, you know, eight minutes last year. It didn't work. Uh, But like historically, they just, it hasn't been a good pair. And like when it's him and Boldy, usually they're on the ice together on the power play and it looks good because they're just a threat from either flank. But like at 5v5, I don't know what it is because like, in like realistically, Eck, he's kind of just at his best where when it's a line of like grinding the opposition down, like working hard below the net, and then him just being a pain in the ass in front of the net and just like potting them out there. Bold, it's I think Boldy and Caprizov. I just don't see it really working at five v five. So I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's goes through. It's weird. It's a weird because like. In the past, we've seen Eck and Boldy be really good together. Um, and their games kind of match up where it's like, yeah, Eck's going to go grind, but Boldy actually plays super hard too. And he can, he's a dual threat where he's going to, he's a phenomenal passer. He can rip it. Uh, his shot, his release is like, it makes me feel things. Uh, when he is just like gripping and rip, it is insane. The amount of power he could just get is crazy for like no wind up. It's unreal. But uh, yeah, those yeah. three it never really worked 
together, which is just so interesting. Yeah, disband it. And dude, that shootout goal that Boldy had, where he just like oh ripped it top corner, uh, that was the most effortless shot I've ever seen. That was just That's the like, thing. Oh, it's sick. I yeah, I love when they like those shots specifically where it's like they're just like not moving and all of a sudden it's in the back of the net and just going like shelf. Um it's unreal. It's so fun to watch, but um it's weird like it's I keep thinking like with that line specifically though it's like I know we just mentioned Eck, but it's almost like he's he's so fascinating to me just because like his like underlying numbers would tell you yes he's a very good like possession player but like realistically when he's at his best he's not he usually doesn't have the puck like he is again being a pain in the ass and like winning it and just getting rid of it but like in terms of like transition or like offensive zone like cycling the puck you don't like it's not when he's at his best it's just kind of like he's gonna make a little play get the puck out win it on the four check get it out and then go to the net so it's just like interesting how it's like yeah, it looks like if you just didn't watch it, well, yeah, that's a good possession player. But in possession, it's like you don't really want him to have the puck. It's just a very weird – that's why I think that's a big part of that trio, just not really being a big uh, big successful line. So, I don't know. There's only so many options that they're going to have with these injuries, though. No, totally. And, uh, you know, Katie yeah, Rossi continues chiming in. Appreciate it. Um, I love Ak. However, I still think that top spot should be Rossi. I – First, not even necessarily that it should be Rossi like on the first line. I just think that to your point before Z, I think Eck and Boldy have been good together. I think we've seen Rossi and Kaprizov be good in spurts this year when they've played together. The real question then is who do you stick on each of those lines with those pairs of two? Mm. God, Zuccarello being out like throws such a fucking bass for French and done. Um, I'm trying to think because, like, at this point, with Felino, I don't know if there's enough like offense for them for that three to work. Those three to work with like Ek and uh, uh, Boldy. Um, Good draws, interesting there. Where it's like throw him on right wing, throw Boldy. Actually, I like Boldy as off wing though. Yeah, I know, right? Um, Mateo's got one here that I I would have loved, but again, it's too late because of the fun rules that we can't. You know, we got the roster freeze. I think Beckman would be real fun on either. Yeah, I would love to see Beckman with Eck and Boldy. With either of those pairings, I don't even care. Yeah, I don't really care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the one that could be interesting, to be honest, with like Rossi and Kaprizov both kind of being more of the finesse angle. Again, both can score, but both definitely profile more as playmakers. Just for a couple games, just just to humor me, throw Patty Maroon up there. The guy can finish. He's going to get to the net front. He's going to be the first one in the corners. And we've we've seen him do it at times this year. And again, for a pretty unphysical line, at least bringing that element in and not being a huge detriment to the skill. It's not a long term solution, but 
while you're filling holes right now with everything that's happening, I think it could be fun. Yeah, I don't hate it. And even like just throw in a line out there of like kind of um, chaos where you got, we're just going to, I know we had just mentioned those, the pairs being together, but even if you wanted to go with like Maroon, Ekfelino, and then Boldy, Rossi, Kaprizov, why not? Like, fuck it. Like, let's just see it. Cause like Ekfelino and Maroon would be miserable to play against, at least miserable to be a defenseman fetching a puck, <laughs> just knowing someone's on their way to slaughter you. And you're not going, you have like half a second to get rid of the puck. Um, and then just let the, let those young skill guys just cook. No rules. Don't even tell them what to do. Just like go score goals, do offense, go have fun. Um, yeah. do your thing. Pond hockey. I don't care. Um, yeah, that's, it's interesting to be, and like, it almost gives you that version of like, you just like swapped out maroon and greenway where you bring back that grief line. Look, so like, yeah, I mean, it, it's not, the worst i'm also like why not just take hartman and throw him on wing with rossi and yeah that was the other one like yeah accomplishes something very similar that's, to what we're doing with maroon plus he like you know he last is night ready he wants to get back up there and he will do anything he has you know, you know first shift he's gonna be on his fucking worst behavior and get suspended again like god damn it i got too excited yeah hearts he got too excited he fucking decapitated somebody first it's, shift wouldn't have the puck it's just like evison being like all right i learned my lesson i'm not gonna yell at refs again very next game what are you doing you said s my c you know that as soon as he gets hired somewhere that's the video that i'm throwing up oh, hands yeah. down like well this is what you guys get for playoffs <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good luck. It'll be fine. Yeah. The refs love it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And, like, so this is going to be a time, too, where we talked about before with Hines. Like, we talked about before, like, if they get into a good groove, they have the opportunity to kind of, like, see what he's got with different combinations. At this point, if the injuries just keep piling up, you have no choice but to see what you have with different combinations. Because, like, at least one staple on every line like one pair that's always been historically good together, it feels like someone is hurt at all times. So like you just have to at this point mix it up and just see what these different combinations look like. So um, I have to pull up their schedule too, who they got like coming up in the next few days. Are they we in Montreal? Montreal? We got Montreal tomorrow slash yesterday, depending on when you're tuning in. And then Saturday is Boston. No. Right. So that's the next few games. Yeah, I mean, at this point, throw the lines in the blender. Who cares? Like, all right, figure it out. See what happens. Um, yeah. I'm, the more I think about that, I kind of do want to see them try out Maroon Ek Felino because, like, again, like that line is miserable to play against. Like, they're going to be crushing guys. And, like, again, we've seen that mold of player work with Ek and Felino before. So, and I mean, like Maroon and Felito have been fun together. Just watching them do that <laughs> when they've had been on the ice, like they have been <laughs> running people. And it's like, oh Jesus Christ! If that fits too and has staying power, think about the possibility then of great. That's your third line now. Mm-hmm. You get Rossi and Boldy on the second line. Right. You reunite Hartman with Zuccarello and Kaprizov because you know it works. 
and you just got to fill in that last guy on the second line, all of a sudden you're a way deeper team. And then you've like got the psychos on the fourth line, which is yeah, just, and again, awesome. we just, we haven't even mentioned Joe Hansen either. So like, I guess he maybe ends up in that spot. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, do, do we need to make a new rule that Connor Dewar can't fight? Cause he's going to really. hurt himself. That was bad. He, really they dropped the gloves and I was like, oh, do or don't do it, don't do it. Because, like, again, Lauko, Lauko, again, which, by the way, so yeah, he's number 94. The best, one of my favorite things is like, he's not like just like a four loco. Everyone calls him 94 Lauko and like we'll edit photos of like a British jersey, but like make it the four loco. He is a lunatic, but he was just itching to get back to the lineup. And it didn't matter who he was fighting. He would have like eaten 15 bombs if he had to. He was going to get one off no matter what. Stand up and get the crowd jacked up. And he landed three, probably two or three good ones where it was like, oh, that might be lights out. He was like, it was a, uh, that was going to be bad. Like no matter, there was no way. And it was weird timing. Like right after they scored, I didn't think it was like great timing in Boston. Like they haven't seen a fight in a while. Like they're going to get, fired up if that happens it was like right off the draw and like i think it was a minute or two later Pasternak scored and it was just like felt like not the right time to go but mm-hmm. at the same time it's kind of why i love connor do where he's not he's got no fear and you like i thought his night that might be over because like joe smith joe smith was just like doer down the tunnel he ate some big ones i was just like yeah that looked it was just specifically the one that sent the. I think it was one the one that sent the helmet. I was like, "Oh no, that could not have felt good." I need these two teams to stop fighting each other. By the way, I am miserable Dude, the whole fucking hockey game. Thank you. What like, I, can't I was just about to it. ask you. I was just about to ask you what's the psychology in these games. Like, w- this is weird that we get to like analyze these in back to back nights. Every but, like every game. Me watching against Wild used to be something where it's like, oh. Like, whatever, someone's going to win, and that's cool. This game on Monday, it was like, whoever loses, it's, like, really, really bad that they lost, just given how the season's going for both teams, and it just, like, wasn't an enjoyable watch for me in any way. Yeah. My thing with Bruins Wild is my problem is just the fact that ever since everyone shit themselves over that Frederick hit on Kaprizov... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Those two teams despise each other. And every time they play, every like there's at least one or two fights. They are murdering each other. Yeah. And like there's legit hate. And I'm sitting there. I have both Bruins fans and Wild fans tweeting at me, like calling me a dickhead. Like I'm just like, I literally hate your choice. Everybody hates me. I didn't even do anything. The day that, like, when Frederick hit Kaprizov, I had people like oh, tweeting at me as if I was Trent Frederick. And I was like, I did not do it. Like, I was there. I did see it live. I didn't do it. I didn't tell him to hit him. I didn't do it. I had nothing to do with it. Did, did you stop like, him? You motherfucker. You motherfucker. I was like, I didn't fucking do it. Yeah. Um, it was fucking. I don't know what it is, but now they fight all the time. I can't enjoy it. I'm always worried about someone fighting and getting hurt. Like, god damn it! Like, this sucks for me. It's not an enjoyable day for me. And now they're coming up again. Yeah, we know it was Cosgrove and all five of his burners that were heckling you. Um, yeah, probably. But yeah. Um, 
Last uh, current wild roster note that really has to be addressed. And uh, Katie, again, really appreciate all the engagement here. Can we talk about the stud that Brock, that is Brock Faber 30 plus minutes in his last four games and only one goal scored while he's been on the ice. Damn. And actually one of those four games, he was a peasant and only put up like 28 and a half minutes. So like, that's not even really that impressive, which is so funny that people make that joke where like a 28 minute game just once is a big <clears> deal for defenseman. He threw that in caked between 30 minute games and it's like, <coughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, what can't he do? I mean, he the, uh, he's a machine. And again, like, I think most people are pretty confident that he would be fine. And I think there were some people like, yeah, hopefully he can just like keep his head above water because they're going to need him to play big minutes. I don't think anyone thought that he may need to go 30 minutes. And if that's the case, you're probably sitting there like, oh, everybody that has ever put on a Minnesota Wild sweater who at least played defense for one game must be injured. He's playing 30 minutes a fucking night at this point. But he is just legit. Like, and now you have people throwing around the numbers. Like, are they going to, should the TV be getting like Norris looks? That's a bit aggressive for me. But at the same time, you're sitting like, well, who else is throwing up 30 minutes? I know it's crazy. And he's doing like successfully with a, an objectively not great team. Yeah, that's the thing. And like, not only is the whole team like pretty hit or miss, but he's doing it because like two of their best defensemen have been on and off hurt either separately or at the same time, whatever. And then he's like, oh, that's fine. I'll just make up their minutes. Don't worry about it. And again, the fact that it's like, yeah, they're kind of doing it out of necessity at this point because like if you have fucking like john merrill or uh goligoski or bogosian on the ice for like more than what 10 12 minutes like we're in a pinch here but at the same time it's just like eh, yeah maybe that's part of it but at the same time like he is as we said like easily the best defenseman of the ice for them every night but like shutting other teams best players down for 30 minutes it, it is unbelievable it's crazy is he already the best defenseman on the team? Like, are you willing to yield that or not quite yet? This year, yeah. But no, no, like, I mean, is, he, I've done... is he their best defenseman? Yeah, right now, I guess he is. I, I don't, I have a problem probably just outwardly saying that 20 whatever games in. But right now, like, he's been this whole year their only reliable defenseman every game. And playing the hardest minutes. And now, like, whether or not they're scoring every fucking power play, he is on their power play, which wasn't even, like, on the radar coming into this year. Or, oh, like, realistically, for, for a whole lot of his <laughs> career. Like, he was never looked at as, like, a power play guy, so. Do you know how happy it makes me when people are, like, everyone's going and asking the different analysts and experts, you know, like, hey, do you think that Brock Faber should be PP1? And they're like... Well, it'd make more sense to have more of like, you know, a number four, number five guy that specializes as a power play guy. But since the wild don't have that. <clears throat> yeah, it makes sense for him to play there. Weird. 
I wonder who that could have been if they, you know. You know, it, can you imagine if the Wild could acquire like an early 20s right-handed, offensively inclined, like no joke, can quarterback a power play type defenseman? It'd be pretty. God. Like if you find a guy like that, don't let him go. I, yeah, I just hope Bill Garen's up to the task of finding a guy like that. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. All right, I'll, I'm off that. I'm good. Uh, but uh, yeah, Brock Faber, freak. He won't win the Calder because the league is rigged and Bedard will win it no matter what. Even if he got hurt right now and was done for the year, he'd probably win it. Um, yeah. But it, it's just crazy that people have already made the jump to like, I mean, tired Calder, wired Norris. It's crazy. Like, I just, it's, the whole like playing thirty minutes, it's just like yeah, wild. That's what I. That's just I just do that. Um, it's fine. Like plus he what was it two assists the other night too. Like one got taken oh. away. Oh yeah, that's right. Fuck like it, I fucking hate when I do that shit. Like really, I get <laughs> they want to like tack on like points later, but it's like ah oh, fuck him, <laughs> fuck that guy. Well, it's funny too though because I saw someone talking on Twitter about how like it got taken away from Faber because they think like McAvoy got, you know, control of the puck before the goal was scored. Literally the exact same thing happened on one of the Bruins goals where Faber was actually the one in McAvoy's position. Right. And they still gave the assists to the other guys. So I don't know. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's no fucking consistency, but I mean, it's great because Brock Faber is obviously, I mean, their best player this year, realistically, the defense forward, whatever value's been there the whole time. Fiala's been great for LA. I know people have to like win or lose the trade. Everyone has to like have a fucking. I love because the Kings are very fun to watch. I love Kevin Fiala. He's very happy and he's playing very good hockey. Yeah. And I love Brock Faber. I like the Minnesota Wild. And it seems like he is where he's always wanted to play as NHL hockey. So it's like, everybody's winning and it's like no no no. what our, our trade was better though I was see like, okay, i fuck off so at least the wild also got the first round pick so there you go right two comments on that first it it's dumb to need to win i think it's more so that so many fans were so angry yeah, yeah, about yeah. the trade that everyone else is trying to be like oh really you yeah, know i yeah. think it's more retaliatory in nature than it is being like ha let's go back to this trade that happened two years ago we win right yeah, but, it's just so again. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, that, that one, I guess. Yeah, you're right on that front. It's I'll also the fans on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love the like everyone who had never heard of Brock Faber or just like, no, oh, yeah, right. here he's an okay defenseman. Be like, this is terrible. <laughs> this is the worst thing that's ever happened. He was a second round pick. Disgusting. Lost hate it. it. Hate him. Hate Ow. his family. Terrible let's, trade. I am right. I am always right. I should be president, GM, owner of the Minnesota Wild. Yes. And that is how Bill Guerin got nominated. Um, no. So <laughs> the the one thing I'll say, though, for actually evaluating the trade, like throw it in a blender. We'll even leave out the fact that Ugrin's part of it, which, come on, that has to be factored in. But Captain Team Sweden. Captain Team Sweden. Yes. All right. Look at that. We just checked another topic. Done. He is captain. Move on. Um, if you literally can decide, but 
if you're LA, do you want Fiala for just under eight mil or do you want Faber on an ELC right now, especially given the state of their roster where they are loaded on offense and their blue line is thin? I got to think that they're kicking themselves a little bit for the trade. Not like they don't want Fiala or think that that's bad, but like, man, can you imagine if we held on to this guy? Yeah. I don't, well, he definitely wouldn't be getting the same type of like role, anyways, just because I mean, Dowdy's there. He's going to be playing 20, whatever minutes tonight. No, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Because I I think Fiala adds kind of a different element to that offense where it's like they've got some of those big boys up front, like a byfield who's just like, I mean, he's just a dominant freak of nature, six foot five, two, whatever. Oh, no, he's a bust. a fucking giant animal. Like, they've got the big boys who can, like, play that way. And then you have Kevin Fiala, who's just, like, skates a million miles an hour, is legitimately absurd offensively. So I think he gives them that dynamic, too, where it's like, hey, if we can survive this shift going up against the line with all the big boys, it's like, okay, all right, who's up next? Then you have, like, Kevin Fiala just going 7,000 miles an hour, like, just deking everyone out of their fucking skates and then go and shelf. That's just another element. Um, but I'm sure that I mean, it's, and it's funny because then you could flip that too. Where it's like, do you think the Minnesota Wild would kind of like to have that offense though? Too? It's like, yeah, it's like, they well, can't, fuck. there's no world in which they could afford it. There's the difference. Right. Absolutely. It's like not, you look right. at LA, right? Right now it's working great. We're waiting. It's going to happen. Talbot's not going to be able to do this forever. And I don't know if that means he'll break in a week or if he'll break in the playoffs or if he'll break next year. But if you have Faber, now you got six to seven mil to put towards actually getting a number one goalie. Yeah. But again, semantics, just arguing for arguing's sake. No, it's good. It's just funny because it's like, both teams have situations like, well, that guy would probably look, I mean, realistically though, with at this point with, the level favors that there's no chance that you would even rather have <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. 30 a night. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a slight the league for 11 minutes. No, I know. I know. It's just, uh, it's just, I don't know. Either way, trade looks great for, uh, for both squads. Cause both huh? guys are just doing their thing. Plus Minnesota Wild also has captain of team Sweden, Liam Ogren. So um, that's right. It's a crazy deal. If That's all fun. three of them, well, two of them look like they're definitely hitting. If Ogren also hits, where it's just like, how many play, how many trades have you seen where it's like a multiplayer trade where every single one hits? And it's like, this is great. Like, I feel wonderful. <laughs> Hall for Larson. Um, that's it. It's the only one. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Gotta ask you, especially after watching your Bruins get beaten by the Wild on a back-to-back, Matt Poitra going to Team Canada. Explain why this is happening. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I think like a month ago, I would have like, nah, like no chance. His plays dipped. I mean, no one really thought he would make the team out of camp, but it looks like he's kind of just like hitting that like wall where it's just like 
not quite as effective making more and more bad plays. Like, I mean, he's got scratched a few times, been benched a few times, like decision-making kind of going, he just looks like exhausted, which is completely understandable. So it's an opportunity okay. for him to go back to the world juniors play against kids his own age or younger and kind of just like be a fucking beast. Um, I'm sure he'll have a lot of fun too. It's like an opportunity for him to just go play and like not have to worry about, like the same stuff he'd have to worry about the NHL level, but we'll see what happens when he comes back. Like that, that's always what's interesting to me where it's like, he goes there for a couple weeks plays against like, yeah, there's good games against like USA, Sweden, he's playing good players, but then like, you know, they always have one of those games against like fucking Denmark where they went 14, nothing. And it's just like, let's see what it looks like when he comes back to the NHL first game backs against like, fucking colorado it's like here we go and we're back and um fun's over um but i mean i I don't think anyone was really all that surprised like it just like wasn't working as well as it was obviously the beginning of the year so again it's it's better for him to go play there instead of like sit in the press box or playing like 10 12 minutes a night because by this point too he like was pulled off that top line so he wasn't getting like the same level of ice time anyways so yeah, no, not a huge deal. Now they just look even more thin through the middle of the ice. It's crazy. I mean, with um, with fans saying that he was the next Bergeron already, I just it seemed like a big shock. But between yeah, if he's if he's getting sent to the press box, and you know, with this being a year, you know, as as Isha points out, Denmark might actually beat Canada this year. Isha's been going nuts. Yeah, he well, yes. <laughs> But uh, World Juniors is uh, the only thing that he cares about almost as much as wrestling. So, WWE. WWE. Oh, if you disrespect the WWE, yeah. I'll break a table. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Throw you through him. Q asks Do the Wild get the W on Saturday with Friday off and they're at home against Boston, who's in Winnipeg on Friday? I mean, I don't know. Have we, have we learned now that whichever team's playing the back to back wins between Boston and Minnesota? right is that, is that and, how it works? yeah so it works god it's gonna be a pain in the ass too because like winnipeg's another team that for whatever reason like a couple of years ago they had one chippy game now every time they play it's an absolute fucking mutant fest where everyone's trying to kill each other then it's gonna be back to back it's gonna suck for me again um it's just favorite game of the year it's basically wrestling I know. I yeah, I think the wild probably take care of business again at this point, honestly. Like the Bruins just look they every game, even when they're winning, it's like they don't look very convincing at all. They have essentially no offense now too, outside of like Pasternak and Marshawn, which are two. Sounds like every guys. year. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that kind of how it always is? A bunch of uh, guys. I know the last few yeah. years. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. It's I they're just like not. It it just does even again when even when they're winning games like something doesn't it just doesn't feel feel right so yeah I kind of have a feeling that well I'll take care of business yeah fair all right last so, topic that, the Bruins. that we've got to touch on before we go unless you've got anything else or if we have any remaining questions that are of importance let's um, go here. So one source with like 2K followers is saying Yurov is re-signing in Russia. Thank you, by the way, Sean, for appropriate hyphenation because other people are idiots. That's lame, if true. 
Yeah, that was a bummer to see. It doesn't surprise me at all. I was kind of wondering if that would happen if he had like a ridiculous year. Because like it's his first successful year in the KHL. You know, is he necessarily going to jump over to the NHL and be like a top six player right away? I don't know. Let him do another year of development. Same thing we said with who's in That's the one I'll be more curious to see, to be honest with you. Because I, I think at this point, he probably, they probably want him to come over at least. Um, so I think, I'm sure Minnesota's like, yeah, like we're like fine with letting him kind of have that other year of development in the KHL playing in like a very, well, not very comparable, but some, like pretty comparable league to the NHL. So not overly surprising, but like I think any... any any Russian re-signing in the game shell that happens to be in the Minnesota Wild prospect pool. Everyone's like, oh, no, 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 not a kid, motherfucker. <laughs> but I think we should all approach it as like, that means he's just going to come over and do the Kirill thing when he came over, whatever he does. going to be much you know, more ready. So. Yeah, that's that's fair. Now, do you think, because you said, yeah, we we probably assume who's Nadinov's coming, coming over next year. Does the injury at all play into whether or not Ogren comes over next year. Like, is there a possibility he stays one more year? Or is he more of a lock to come over? Um, I think, I mean, yeah, I, I'd say it's definitely a possibility. But, hmm. yeah, I actually don't know. That's another, I'm at this point, I'm probably most positive about like who's a Dinoff coming over. I kind of feel like Ugrin, even he's like kind of a 50 50 because he's even younger. And first SHL season, that wouldn't shock me if he did one more year over there. Um, and again, it, realistically, it kind of depends on who comes and goes this offseason in Minnesota. Like, I feel like we'll have like a better idea almost after the deadline, like over here. Cause I mean, again, if the, if, unless he is looking like a for sure ready to go top six NHL guy, I'm sure they're happy to let him develop in the SHL and other really good, like league for those kids to develop. I mean, maybe um, that was the problem. That's, that's why I guaranteed all the signings before the season even started. Yeah. I, I none of them are coming over yet. It's okay. Cause I mean, re- like when, like realistically too, when we actually sit down and try to like think about, how realistic it was that all three of them were going to come over at the same time and jump into the rock, like jump on that roster NHL, like ready to go at 19, 18, 20 years old, like was a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> like there was no, was like, you think he's ready? You think he's ready? I was like, not all three. Like if they need all three other, their top six, they're fucked. <laughs> like if that was like an actual plan, then I'm, then I'm worried about Billy G losing the, the old fastball. <laughs> They're like, yeah, they'll come over. They'll be fine. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, actually, I did want to say, too, on the Yurov thing, because I don't know if whoever the kid was, how many of us he tagged, because he tagged... Uh... No, I don't think he did. But Yurov, is, uh, he's now on pace to break like the U20 scoring record of KHL. Like, held by Tarasenko. I think he's on pace for like 49 points or something like that. And Tarasenko had like 48. Um, again, but that's just more to point to the fact that he is playing 
unbelievable this year now that he's been given the uh given the opportunity and i just love that he's doing it whether it's at wing and then there's games where he's like first line second line center so um very very encouraging especially after like everyone was worried about the development his draft year when they were just like benching him for no reason and then the same exact thing happened the next year it's like oh no that's two years of development pretty much thrown out the window so just good to see that he's like balling out um now that he's actually playing because uh, he has been just insane this year for uh for metal Erg, so good for him we like that did you see ogren's goal in the uh warm-up game the other day no first week oh my god I think who are they playing? I think it was Switzerland. Explain it, Jimmy. He picked the puck up in his own zone, danced someone out of their shoes, like in his own zone, just darts through the neutral zone, beats another guy wide, goes shelf, like end to end, like around and through three fucking opponents and just perfect finish. It was unbelievable. It was sick. So you're going to send me that clip after we're done here? Good. Yes. Um, yeah, like Mateo just said, some kid tried to like grab on and like fucking oh, just basically stiff armed him. And like was like, you could come with me or you could stay the fuck here, but I'm going shelf. It was a sick, sick goal. Um, oh, and by the way, Riley Height, um, casual weekend for him. <laughs> First game. One goal, four assists. The the next night, two goal, two goals and an assist. And the assist was like, I mean, it was rude. Like he just danced the entire team and then put it on a fucking tee, open net for his teammate. It was unbelievable. So he nice. is like sixty three points or something now in uh, thirty one games. Did uh, Koompa Linen end up making the finish? Oh right? yeah. I was gonna say that also got announced. Kurt right. and made that team too. So there you go. That was I was like I'm missing something that I was gonna nice. bring up about. Where, where's so he in for them? Probably in the middle six. If they want him to play center, then I have him probably like third line. But he can play either way, or either center or wing. So I probably put assuming they're gonna put him right in the middle there. Um, it's an interesting group though, because like they're pretty young. I think they're bringing two or three draft eligibles. Um, well, and their studs not even gonna play to right. Kivy Hari, yeah, he's out still. Um, but they've got another kid. I forget his whole. I forget his name. All of them drive me nuts. But I think they're bringing Helanius, who's a 2024 eligible. Yeah. And then there's one of their defensemen. She's unbelievable. Um, so we'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, I'd expect him to play middle so or maybe even the, actually I could see him playing with with the roster they brought. I wouldn't be shocked if he was their second line center or wing. Um, that, an that would be middle six. I guess so. It always, it's always like that's what I've always just like. All right, is middle or top six? Because <laughs> like one of those lines is like the middle of the Venn diagram. It's like what do we, what do we want to call that? I think he's gonna be bottom twelve. Fair enough, Finn. Some would <laughs> say top twelve. <laughs> nah, I'm a, no, glasses, glasses half empty. Fuck off. I'm not even gonna say that anymore. I'm gonna be. I'm. A, I'm a bottom twelve guy. Not yeah, a top 12 guy. Me. Yeah, that's all right. I'm a grocery stick, so <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, but I think, yeah, should do it. Can't fucking wait to, for that tournament to start. God damn it. Oh, it's going to be amazing. 
I mean, they're actually the the uh, the World Cup games underway, so had little teasers. Get it? But that'll do it. All right. Just over an hour. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, and that's including the wait time at the beginning. So we basically hit an hour, which is like a record low for us. I know. Listeners are oh. either going to be thrilled or we're going to find out that there's like four that are obsessed with your three-hour recordings and are going to riot. I know. I can't believe when it was just me that I would sometimes just be on here like two and a half hours. Like, oh, shit. Fuck, I forgot I was doing a podcast. I was going to say, you're like, like talking through your grocery list. <laughs> Doug to my dog. It's <laughs> like, oh, this guy. I will say that was Isha's favorite part of the OG Judd's Buds. When like your dog it was a very goes, funny. Oh, wait, wait, guys, the, the dog's back. He's here. What are you doing? What are you doing? He's like, oh, no, he's back. He's back. That's those were, really some of those clips podcast. were those clips were pretty funny, though, when he would zoom in on my dog's face. Oh, yeah. Would, like dog would come in like, eh, fuck this place. And then as soon as I close the door, he'd come back. It's fucking insane. Um, look at this though. I don't really know what this beer is. Oh, it's a scotch ale. Whoa, Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna we're gonna need to come on in on Saturday. Nice. I just saw the can, I was like, eh, that's an instant purchase because it looks yeah. hilarious and it's 8.4. 8. So that'll that'll play. Um, all right, let's give it a rip actually right now. You're opening it now. All right. Yeah. All right. So this will be a two hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Scotch ale. Oh, look at that. I even got this guy coming in. <laughs> Deeper. Pinky out. Oh, that's. I don't really know. Oh, there's this. Oh, oh, that, there's scotch in there. Whoa. Yeah. It's spicy. So, someone put something in there. Um, it's late. Jesus. That's interesting. Have you ever heard of uh, Exhibit A Brewing Company? That's what this is. I've never even heard of it. I don't think so. Um, again, I was on my way to just like probably buy a Miller High Life. And then I walked by those. I was like, yeah, need it. Um, this it is, is an interesting so much effort into their can labels. <laughs> that's what I was. Remember we were saying this last week or two weeks ago. I was like, I'm telling you, it would be the best job ever is just come up with this fucking ridiculous can art. Love those. Love those people. Um, whoever did that one nailed it. That is interesting. Should do the trick. I don't even know how to describe it because um, I'm bad I don't know where I'm going, but it's going to get me there. It's uh, it's a nail. Um, there's alcohol in it, I would say. Um, and uh, scotch. <laughs> Definitely. Jesus Christ. That is. What is this thing? Dude. <laughs> D. Drinkability. A. Oh, Amber. Yeah. V. Very amber. <laughs> the Will Ferrell old Milwaukee commercials are the best. <sighs> oh, Exhibit A is in Framingham. Interesting. 
Framingham? Framingham, Mass. It's like 20 minutes from here. Uh, my dyslexia would have immediately turned that into Farmingham. Yeah, that would have been incorrect, though, wouldn't it? Yes. That Hence, dyslexia. Yeah. Now, wow. You could probably get booted off the internet for shaming a dyslexic. You know, you can get booted off anything. Actually, no, yeah, I was going to say, good thing to the internet, because you can't really get, but you can actually get only invited back onto Twitter slash X at this point. You Like, there's no getting kicked off. That's, oh. Unless you don't lean the... <laughs> Unless Elon just being a weirdo, which he usually is being a weirdo. Yeah. That fucking guy. Uh, do, would you would you like to apologize? Go fuck yourself. But what? Go fuck yourself. Is that clear? Like, uh, how will you make money, dude? We won't. We'll go out of business. Like, Wait, oh, they'll, they'll ruin the company, and then they'll say, uh, "I was like, what is this? This is a wild sell job. This is." Fucking guy, he's such a loser. I don't know how we ended this episode on Elon, but here we are. It's because of the scotch. Yes, the Saturday scotch from Office Space is why we were talking about Elon. Let me let me read this. Um, hold, I gotta remember how to read though. Uh, e, a, no, okay. Each case of Saturday scotch ale supports forty-one square feet of local farmland. Brewed in support of the Northwest Grain Shed with specialty malts from Va from Valley Malt. <laughs> I told you it was Farmingham. You did. Lawyer. All right, this is supporting farmers. Fuck this thing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just in case any farmers are here. Kind of like those uh, corn bush light cans that each <laughs> thought tasted like corn. Just like he thought a bush latte was actually like a coffee beer. Like a, like a bush? Uh, Bushel. That fucking guy. All right. We're now going to turn this episode into me live streaming, putting down all four of these and just see where it goes. YouTube's going to love it. That one's going to need a paywall. <laughs> yeah. Only fans. <laughs> that would be electric. Only cans. Done. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of this podcast. I have found my new business venture that I will be starting at. Um it's gonna be great. I'm gonna love it. That's it's gonna speed. work out. Uh did I tell you that I put in I I bet Every puck line the other night in a parlay, a 12 team parlay, like five bucks to win 150 grand. First game didn't even come close. <laughs> it was, I think it was over 12. Not, not that, like, not only did any of them like cover the puck line, all of them lost. I was just like, that is unbelievable. Like I didn't even have hope, which is funnier. Because that would be terrible if it was what if the last team was the team that like. Oh, no, that's so much better that you just like decidedly lost. No, I think the Islanders were losing to the Canadians in the first ten minutes, like three nothing. I was just like, all right, well, just, so there goes that. 
Next time you just got to bet both sides of it, like full parlay and then do the opposite parlay. Yeah. There you go. Sounds like you're guaranteed to win. Yeah. It's called the old hedge, my friend. Um, But I was, I was just like laughing, like making the picks. I was like, I can't wait for this to go over 12. And it indeed did go over 12. It was amazing. So shout out me. Really thought I had that one in the bag. Um, Yeah, I guess we should probably end it here. You pooped in the refrigerator? No. (laughs) And ate the entire wheel of cheese? Not even mad. Not even mad, bro. It's amazing. (laughs) Sign off.